Well, good afternoon to all of you. It is 2.45, so we are going to go ahead and get started. Some others may be coming in yet to join us. My name is Carrie Ash, and I am the Missionary with Child Evangelism Fellowship State Director for CEF of Kentucky, and it's been my privilege and joy to serve God through the Ministry of Child Evangelism Fellowship for 35 years full-time. And as long as God gives strength and breath, it's great to be able to share the gospel with children. I'm excited about our subject today, so let's get started with prayer. Father, I just thank you so much for the glorious plan of salvation. Thank you for sending your own son to the earth to die for our sins. We are certainly not worthy. But thank you, God. Thank you for giving us the gift of salvation. Thank you for giving us a message to proclaim to the whole world, including boys and girls who need to know the truth of the gospel. So, Father, in this time together, I pray that you would be with my mouth in the words that come out. May they be pleasing to you. May this be helpful to encourage and equip those that are here to effectively share the gospel with boys and girls. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Kenny was a little four, no, six-year-old boy that came to Good News Club. Our Good News Club was held at a daycare center. Most of Good News Clubs are a ministry of child evangelism fellowship, but most often meet one hour to an hour and a half a week on public school campuses or anywhere children gather together. But this particular club was held at an after-school daycare center. The daycare leader said, you don't want Kenny to come to club. We'll keep him out. It was optional if they came, but Kenny wanted to come. And I, I just looked at him and I thought, we need to give him the opportunity. He needs Jesus. And they said, you don't want him. He's going to be a distraction to everybody else. He doesn't want to listen. He doesn't behave. But I said, let's give it a try. And Kenny came. He lived up to their expectations, <laughs> but I noticed that it wasn't a distraction to the other children. They were used to Kenny's antics, so if I didn't let it distract me, he might be able to get some of the gospel, and he came week after week after week. He'd raise his hand to say something that had absolutely nothing to do with what we were talking about, trying to get the other children to laugh or to be distracted. But one day, it was, it was just, it was a pouring rain that day. The children had had inside recess and they had so much pent up energy. That day, when I gave the salvation invitation, Kenny raised his hand and I thought, what's he up to now? <laughs> but that was really, oh, me of little faith, because that day I sat in the very corner of the daycare with kids running around like crazy while Kenny faced me, and he had so many sincere questions about the gospel that we talked for 45 minutes. <laughs> he gave his attention that long, and that day Kenny put his faith in Jesus as Savior. The gospel is for everyone. There's children all around us that need to hear it. So we're going to go quickly through a lot of things that maybe familiar to you, some that might be new to you. We have some notes right up in front. Come up and grab some. And we're going to start with why is it important to share the gospel? And there's a coded message at the top, which you can fill out with some clues that we get as we answer these questions. How old do you have to be before you can receive Jesus as Savior? That is exactly right. Scripture does not give any age limits. Sometimes Christians try to put age limits on there or think, oh, they're too young. But Scripture does not. Romans 10.13 tells us, you can read it with me, 
for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It does not say everyone over the age of 10 or 12 or every adult, but everyone, even those little ones who choose to believe in Jesus can be saved. Charles Spurgeon said, a child of five, if properly instructed, can as truly believe and be regenerated as an adult. And he went on from there to say, my conviction is that our converts from among children are among the best that we have. I should judge them to have been normal more numerously genuine than any other class, more constant, and in the long run, more solid. And it was that statement by Charles Spurgeon that actually led to the founding of our ministry, Child Evangelism Fellowship, in 1937. A 60-year-old pastor that did not believe children could be saved read that and said, Mr. Spurgeon, you are wrong. But God kept bringing that back to his mind, and he decided to experiment. He didn't start with a five-year-old, with some older children whose parents did not attend his denominational church. And those children readily accepted Christ. Their lives were changed. Their mom came to revival meetings, and, and they said, what made you come? We've been inviting you for years. It was because of the changed lives of her children. Children can savingly believe. So let's look at ages at which children become Christians. In this room, I'm wondering, were any of you saved before reaching the age of four years old? <laughs> Some are, but very few. Statistics show about 1% of those that are saved at any time in their lifetime are saved before reaching the age of four. Included among them would be James Dobson, who was saved at age three, and Amy Carmichael, missionary to India, saved at age three. Some of those very little ones can believe and understand the gospel. How about in the age range of four through 14? That's where I would fall in. Look around, the majority in our room do. And informal studies over the years show that most Christians that come to know Jesus as Savior do within that 4 through 14 window. 85% is a mission field to be reached. How about the ages of 15 through 30? All right, we have quite a few in our room at that age. Praise God. About 10% come to know Christ at that age range. And then after 30, about 4%. We need to share the gospel starting at young ages and not stopping. My grandmother was saved at the age of 89. And I praise God she was saved before she went to eternity and was able to go to heaven to be with God forever. Scripture does not give any age limit. So in your coded message, the number one is A, for any age. There's some notes you can grab right up here if you'd like. Second question, how many children need to know the way of salvation? <laughs> Every one of them need to know the way of salvation. Matthew 18, 14 tells us that. So it is not the will of your father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. God's will is clearly stated that every child come to know Jesus as Savior. Howard Hendricks said, to expect his child to live the Christian life when he does not possess it is to mock him. Until the Holy Spirit takes up residence in a person's heart, he cannot live pleasing to God. And so many times, children are expected to behave in a way that would be pleasing to God when they don't have the Holy Spirit within to help. We need to start with the basics of the gospel. In your coded message, number twos are E for every, and number threes are O for one. Every one of the children need to be saved. 
Next question for you, and feel free to answer. This is going to be interactive because it's afternoon, and I know we get sleepy in the afternoon. It's just a natural tendency. When the disciples tried to stop people from bringing children to Jesus, what did he say to them? Forbid them not. He said, let them come. Mark 10, 14 says, King James, suffer the little children to come unto me. More modern translations say, let the children come to me and do not hinder them. Forbid them not because the kingdom of heaven is made up of such as these. David Livingstone, the Scottish missionary said, if you doubt the child's ability to communicate with God, Do not doubt God's ability to communicate with the child. God can do it. He made this world by speaking. (laughs) He changed Saul's life drastically. He can change the life of every child. God wants them to come. Let them come. So in your coded message, the number fours are L for let. And number five is T for them. Six is number C for come. Let them come. And we have some notes right up here. (laughs) All right, number fours are L for let. Fives are T for them. And six is C for come. Let them come. That is right, because there are no C's in the message. Just making sure you're with me. (laughs) Let them come to me. Last question. Who does God send out into the world to present the gospel to others? If you are a Christian, you can write me on that line. Mark 16, 15 tells us that. That's probably a familiar verse to you. Say it with me. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to others all creation or every creature. Yes, it's a little different in that translation. Sorry about that. But go and preach the gospel to others. That is our commission as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. Those that know are commanded to go. William Carey said, if it be the duty of all men to believe the gospel, then it is the duty of those who are entrusted with the gospel to endeavor to make it known to all men. It is our responsibility. In your coded message, the sevens are M for me. So can anybody figure out what our coded message is? All right, back there. You got it. I am not ashamed of the gospel from Romans 1, 16. And uh, another good news club I taught, it was at our child evangelism fellowship office. There's a little boy named Caleb, four years old. And we also had good news club at our public school. But the children in the community that our office was located wanted to come to their good news club place. It wasn't child evangelism fellowship office. It was their good news club place. And so they didn't go to the club at school. They came running after school, racing to see who could get to good news club first. Well, Caleb had a slight advantage because he was four years old. He lived right behind the office. He didn't have to race from school. (laughs) But one day he he was imitating the others. He came running in (laughs) just like they did. And he said, Carrie, Miss Carrie, did you know if you have an A and you have one of those cross things and you put it together, it spells the word at and if you put a B in front of the A and the cross thing, it spells bat. And if you have, oh, 
one of those bumpy things in front of the A in the cross, it makes that. <laughs> Caleb was so excited because he was learning his ABCs and how to put them together and make words. But I was thrilled because before Caleb knew his ABCs, he knew the message of the cross. But so many children today don't. That's why God commands us to go. This is, I don't know if you can all see this. This is one of the most precious gifts I've received from a child. It's pipe cleaners attached to a popsicle stick with some sequins and bells. <laughs> some of the sequins have fallen off over the years, but it says go. This was given to me by some of my Good News Club children on our last Good News Club of the school year. And it's just, it's several years old, but it's precious to me. And they gave it to me and said, this reminds us of our memory verse, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And those little girls that made this for me were doing it. When they didn't come to Good News Club, they went to an after-school daycare. And one day, the daycare leaders couldn't find Carissa and Alex. They hunted all over. And there was one other child that was missing. At last, they found them sitting behind the counter in the kitchenette area. And they were sitting down there having Good News Club with this girl that couldn't come to Good News Club. They were sharing the gospel. What a great example for us. We need to go and share the gospel with those little children that are created beings by God. So we're going to look now at the message of salvation, how to share it simply and clearly in a way that a child can understand. And again, we're going to go quite quickly, but hopefully simply as we go through this. It is familiar to you. I realize that, but I hope you you never get tired of the gospel. I picked up this book they're giving away free over in the exhibit hall, and it has a chapter called Treasuring the Gospel. The book is Preparing for Persecution, but in Treasuring the Gospel, here's a phrase, a sentence that I read. The Christian will forever deepen his understanding and appreciation for the gospel as he examines its manifold splendor. It is manifold in splendor. We should be continually growing in our own appreciation of the gospel and sharing it with others. So as we think about sharing it with children, there's some foundational truths that they need to understand. First of all, concerning the Bible. If we're teaching from the Bible, they need to know why this book is different from other books that they might pick up in the library or at school. The Bible is God's word. 2 Timothy 3.16, that was addressed very well in our session last night on biblical literacy. But it talks about God's word being inspired. This is breathed out by God. It's different from any other book. It is true 100% of the time. And in God's word, we learn that God is the creator. He made you. So in your notes, circle the word you. Children need to, it needs to be personalized to them. As I was sharing this with actually a friend of mine and I were sharing at a county fair, sharing the gospel with children, um, as we were sharing about God being the creator, my friend asked, can you tell me an animal that God made just to help the children personalize it and think through God's creation? And he said, cheetahs. And I have two of them living at my house. <laughs> I looked at her. How's she going to respond to this? She just said, oh, I wouldn't want to live with two cheetahs. And she continued on. But she emphasized, God made you. And God loves you. Make that God's love personal to the child again by using that word, you. I have a little girl named Christiana who came to a five-day club. That's our summer ministry for children, often taught by teenagers, like some of those back there, Christian Youth in Action. And Christiana came 
stood by me every day as I packed up my things, getting ready to go to the next club, but she never said a word. And I said to her, Christiana, God loves you. I didn't know what was happening in her life until Wednesday or Thursday. She hadn't even told me her name. The other children told me her name. But I finally asked the hostess, and the hostess said, well, her dad moved to the state of Maine at the beginning of the summer. She doesn't understand why. Was it her fault? Would she ever, actually, her mom moved. She was living with her dad. So would she ever see her mom again? Did her mom love her? She was hurting. I said, Krishana, God loves you. No matter what happens in your life, God loves you. On the last day, she gave me the most precious note I've ever received from a child. It said, to my teacher that teached me, God love you very much. I'll miss you. Love, Krishana. She caught that truth. We need to start with foundational truths about who God is. He's the creator. He loves you. And he is holy or perfectly good. He is set apart by his goodness. No one else is like our God. Perfect in all of his works. He is so, so amazing. You also want to share a verse about God's love. I kind of skipped over that, but we should never skip over the scripture. Always include the scripture. John 3, 16, just the first part. You know it. Say it with me. For God so loved the world. Now say it again and put your name in there. For God so loved Carrie. And that's what I do with the children, to help them understand God loves you. That is foundational. But there's also foundational truths a child needs to understand about himself. You and I are sinners. You are born with a want to, to sin. And so we ask the children, who taught you how to sin? Did you go to sin school? No. Did mom and dad sit you down and say, let me teach you how to talk back to me? No. You were just born knowing how to do that. And what is sin? Given a definition of sin on an age level a child can understand. Anything that you think, say, or do that displeases God or breaks God's laws. So it's not just wrong actions. Sometimes we say anything you do that's wrong. That's part of it. But even those wrong thoughts and wrong words that come out of our mouth. The Bible defines sin as lawlessness in 1 John 3, 4. In James 4, 17, it's not doing the good that we know we should do. 1 John 5, 17a wrongdoing. Help children to understand what sin is. It is against our holy God. To help them understand, you can give two or three specific examples of sin on the age level of the children. So if you're working with preschoolers, you won't talk about uh, cheating on a test at school. (laughs) You won't talk about committing murder or bank robbery. Sometimes children may commit those, but they're probably not the children in your class. So think of ones that they can identify with on their age level and give a couple specific examples of sin and always use the scripture. What does Romans 3.23 tell us about sin? For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That means you and it means me. Our little cheetah boy at the county fair when we got to this verse, said, is lying a sin? I don't really have two cheetahs living at my house. (laughs) That day, after he realized his sin, he chose to believe in Jesus as Savior. But he needed to understand that he was a sinner, separated from God because of his sin. Make it personal to the child again by using the word you. 
A lot of times it's our tendency to say things like, everyone has sinned. We have all sinned. That is true. But you want the children to think not just, oh, I wonder what she's done that's a sin. I wonder what he's done that's a sin. And looking around at everybody else, instead to think about their own personal sin. That's why, use the word you and I. If you can include yourself, you're a sinner as well. I know, I don't know all of you, but I know because God's word says so. Include yourself by you and I, but use that word you and explain the punishment for sin is to be separated from God forever. Sin is very serious. It is against God. And there is nothing that you and I can do to save ourselves. But praise God, he has made a way of salvation through his son. If you know this chorus, sing it with me. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow no other fount i know nothing but the blood of jesus and who is jesus he is god's son we need to share that glorious message of salvation, the truth of the gospel with the boys and girls. We've talked about foundational truths, who God is, that we are separated from God because of sin, but there is an answer, and that is the person and work of Christ, the truth of the gospel. So explain that Jesus is God the Son and a perfect man. There were other people that died on crosses, but they could not take the punishment for sin. Only one could. Only God's perfect son. First, 2 Corinthians 5.21 tells us, He has made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Aren't you thankful for that? I am. Praise God for sending his son. Jesus willingly died, giving his blood to pay for sin. He willingly gave his life for you and I. He gave his blood. Hebrews 9.22 tells us, without giving or shedding of blood, there's no remission or no forgiveness of sin. Jesus gave his life, but he didn't stay dead. He came back to life again. Praise God. When I was sharing it in Good News Club, uh, actually one of my summer missionaries was and asked the question, what happened three days after Jesus died? Winston blurted out, he showed up again. (laughs) That's perfect. He showed up again because he came back to life on earth. Sometimes children have the misconception that he came alive in heaven like grandma did after she died. But he lived on this earth. People saw him. So we like to include that he was seen on the earth. Now he is in heaven in a place of honor with God, his father. The gospel is glorious. It's splendid. It is magnificent. It is beyond anything that we can even fully comprehend. But yet it's simple enough that a child can understand and receive it by faith. 
just like you and I. So that brings us to the appropriation of the gospel. To appropriate means to take and make one's own, to take it for yourself. And here's where you want to share God's invitation. God's invitation comes from his word. So pick up your Bible. You should know some of these invitation verses, but read it right from God's word. Acts 16.31 tells us, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. God's invitation is to come to him and the way is through faith in Jesus, his son. As you explain it to the children, you can help them to understand that you need to agree with God that you are a sinner and you need Jesus. God knows that you're a sinner. You need to agree. Yes, I am a sinner. I need Jesus. Believe on Jesus because he died for you and rose again. Sometimes when I'm talking to children, I say, you need to choose on purpose to believe in Jesus because of what he did for you. It's not just believe that he died. The demons believe that he died and tremble. Other people that were alive in Jesus's day believe that he died. But choosing to take him for yourself, believe in him as the only way of salvation, and choose to receive God's gift of salvation by faith alone. Then when you do, God will be with you right here on the earth to help you to live for him. And someday you'll be with him in his home called heaven. It's kind of the the now and later. That's a kind of candy. But it's also when we talk about What happens when you receive God's gift of salvation? Sometimes we just say you'll go to be with God in heaven someday. Oh, but there's so much more. Because right now, you have Jesus with you. You have the Holy Spirit as your helper. You have the joy that he can give, the peace that he gives that the world cannot take away. You have a stay within, number one, best helper with you all the time. It's a wonderful gift now as well as a future gift in heaven. The message of salvation never, ever changes. But there are a variety of methods that can be used to share the message of salvation. So we're going to talk about some of those in this the rest of our time together, starting with probably one of the most common, and that's an evangelistic Bible lesson. Now, in Child Evangelism Fellowship, we offer teacher training classes we cover in a little more slowly, the message of salvation and how to share it with children, how to talk with children that respond to the salvation invitation or how to counsel them for salvation, how to teach evangelistic Bible lessons. And if you'd like more information about training available, stop by our booth in the exhibit hall and we can connect you with someone from your area that would come to your church and provide training. There's also free training online, cefcmi.com. Again, it's cefcmi.com. You have to create a free account, but then there's so many seminars you can watch. You can view them by yourself. You can show them at your church. Lots of them are free. Some are a small fee and some are the college credit ones that are a larger fee. But there's many, many to choose from where it's a lot more in depth. So we're just going to breeze through an evangelistic Bible lesson. When you teach God's word, Look for natural places within the lesson to share the message of salvation. Where is God's love shown to the main character? Or where can I teach a truth about God that will help me to share his love as well? 
So when you find that spot in the lesson, you're going to relate God's love for the child and teach those truths about who God is. He is perfect. He's the creator. He loves you very much. We know because God's word says so. Look for what sin, problem, or sickness is evident in the life of the main needy character. So if it's a story where Christ is present, we know he's always the main character of the Bible. But we're thinking about the human character with a need. Often, there's a sin, problem, or sickness that is evident. And that's a natural place to relate it to the unsaved child's problem of sin. Then, what solution does God offer for the child's problem. It's not always ex- or for the main character's problem. Then you can relate the solution that God offers for the child's problem and share the person and work of Christ. So I just want to back up here and kind of talk through these with a lesson really quickly. I'm choosing the story of Naaman in the Old Testament in Kings. Naaman had a problem. Do you know what his problem was? Leprosy. Yes, when you're telling that lesson to children, Naaman had a terrible problem. It was called leprosy. But you and I have something even worse. It is called sin. And sin is anything that you think or say or do that displeases God or breaks his laws. Maybe you just get so mad at your brother and sister and you don't even say anything, but you just think in your mind, oh, I just hope he gets in trouble at school or I hope he slips and falls in that mud puddle and breaks his nose. And you think bad thoughts. That's a sin. Maybe you sin by disobeying your mom and dad. They tell you it's time to turn off the light and go to bed, but you sneak your cell phone underneath the covers and are on it when you know you shouldn't be. That's a sin. You're born wanting to do things your way instead of God's way. God tells us in his book, the Bible, there is none righteous, no, not one. There's nobody that always does right. You have sinned, and so have I. Because of sin, you deserve to be apart from God. Sin is a terrible problem. It's even worse than leprosy. Naaman had leprosy. What was he going to do? And you go on with the story from there. So you see right where it fits naturally. You can weave those truths of the gospel because the children are naturally identifying with that main character. So use that time to instill these truths of the gospel. Then think about what solution did God offer for Naaman's problem? Do you remember that? He was to dip seven times in the Jordan River and to be cleansed. So it's right where that solution is offered, not where he acts, because he could have said no, he did it first, (laughs) or he could have said yes, but right where that solution is offered. There's one way for Naaman to be cleansed from his leprosy, to dip in that Jordan River seven times. There's only one way for you to be made clean from your sin, and that's through God's own Son, the Lord Jesus. And right there, you can teach the truth that Jesus, God's perfect Son, died for your sins. Give that verse. Then we see God's love shown to Naaman where he put that little Israelite girl in Naaman's house so Naaman could hear about the one true God. How greatly God loved Naaman. God loves you with that same amazing great love. I know because he tells us in the Bible, I have loved you with an everlasting love. That's from Jeremiah 31, 3. So right there where it fits naturally again, just we have the truths of the gospel in the lesson. And then you want to share God's invitation for salvation. Anytime you give the gospel, 
give the children an opportunity to respond. That's part of sharing the gospel. It shouldn't be left out. So how do you do that? If you have presented in your evangelistic Bible lesson, you presented the gospel as you've gone throughout the, the lesson while you have the child's full attention, then after you get to that climax of the story where Naaman is cleansed from his leprosy and he says, now I know there's no God in all the earth but the God of Israel. Naaman believed God and was cleansed from his leprosy. You can believe God and be made clean from your sin. You want to briefly review the need and way of salvation. Briefly review the need and way of salvation. And so for that, you could just, just, you've already taught it thoroughly. So just something like, do you realize that you are a sinner? You deserve to be apart from God, but God gave his son Jesus to die for you. Just a reminder. Then read and explain an invitation verse that we call those condition promise verses, a verse that says uh, God's man's response in that if you're using Acts 16.31, it would be believe and then the promise would be to be saved. So think about a verse. It can be Acts 16.31. It could be John 3.16, which talks about believe and have everlasting life. Or Romans 10.13, call on the Lord and be saved. But let me caution you, stay with the terms in that verse. If you throw out all kinds of other terms, or even some that really aren't used in Scripture, like ask Jesus into your heart, you're just going to confuse the children. Stay with the terms in that verse and explain it in a way that the child can understand. Believe on the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. To believe means to trust completely with your whole heart what God says in his word. And he promises when you believe in Jesus as the only one that can take your punishment for sin, then you will be saved. To be saved is to be rescued from sin's punishment. And when you're saved from your sins, then God is with you to help you. And he'll be with you forever. And someday you'll go to be with him in his wonderful home called heaven. Then you ask the children to bow their head and close their eyes and ask a question, again, based on the terms in that verse. Would you today choose to believe on Jesus and be saved from your sins? A personal question that uses the word you. You can even say, are you now choosing to believe in Jesus and be saved from your sins? Then ask for a response. If you are choosing to believe on Jesus today, would you show me by raising your hand? The words show me by are small words, but they're important because we don't want to say, if you want to be saved, raise your hand. What might the children think? <laughs> I'm saved because I raised my hand. Um, that's not anything to base your assurance on. The Bible does not say raise your hand and be saved. <laughs> so those little words show me by are important. It helps you to know in whom the Holy Spirit may be working. And then you can give direction Oops, still there. Um, separate him from the group so you can talk with him or her. So if you have raised your hand and you want to know more about believing on Jesus as Savior, will you meet me in the back of the room right after I pray? And I'll show you from God's word how today you can have Jesus as your very own Savior.
So help them to know where to talk to you if they have questions about what that means. And then talk with those that respond. So the evangelistic Bible lesson is a wonderful way to share the message of salvation. It's a method that you probably have used if you're in children's ministry. And I challenge you to look for ways to include the gospel, not just all sandwiched at the end because then the child's attention is lost, but naturally where it fits within the line of the story. Then some other methods. You can share the wordless book, the gospel turnaround, or the gospel flipper flapper. All right, I'm going to hold some of these up. How many of you have seen the wordless book before? Okay, many of our group, not quite all. It's a wonderful book of colors that helps us to share the gospel message. And we have, along with that, a flipper flapper. It has colors also, but it flips and flaps with these symbols. And it is a wonderful tool that you can share, use to share the gospel. We have gospel turnaround, which looks like this. And again, it's the same colors, the same symbols that you can use to share the gospel with children. So we're going to talk a little bit about these as we look at the wordless book. The gold color or the gold symbol on our flipper flapper reminds us of that teaching about God, who he is. He's perfect. He's the creator. He loves you. We have the dark page, which reminds us about the child's problem of sin, the red, the blood of Jesus, God's perfect son that was given to pay for sin. The clean page reminds us of how you can be cleansed from your sin by believing on Jesus. But then we also have the green page. So here's some more notes to fill in, because in addition to the message of salvation, this is for new Christians to help them to grow in their walk with God. So you can include, we have an acrostic for the word grow, Sometimes I tell the children I'm spelling the word grow, but most of the time it's a teacher's help. You can think, how does a child grow? G, go to church and Sunday school. And this is a great opportunity to ask them, do you go to church anywhere? I remember my first public school good news club in Kentucky after I moved from Michigan. We, we had actually, no, it wasn't the first. It was the second. Anyway, it was the one sponsored by my church. We love to partner with churches. Child Evangelism Fellowship is here to serve the church, to help you with training, with programming, with curriculum that you can use to evangelize children in your community and bring them into the local church. My church chose to sponsor a good news club at the public school. And it started very small at first, but it was unchurched children that came. There were two sisters, Kennedy and Alexis, that were second and third grade. And they they both received Jesus as Savior. I would say within the first six weeks, we gave them Bibles. They brought them to school with them because this club was at school. They carried them there. Then they started coming on the bus to church, a van actually. But anyway, they started coming to church and they would sit in the very front row. So I would go up and sit by them in the front row. And as Kennedy opened up her Bible, second grader, I saw in the front cover she had written, church is cool. (laughs) Praise God. (laughs) Her family didn't attend church, but she and her sister did. And then they invited their older brother, who was youth group age. He came and he was saved in youth group. 
Mom and dad came to some special programs, but they've not come regularly. And just this year, Kennedy graduated from high school. She still talks about Good News Club at her public school where she met Jesus. She's been involved throughout the youth. She's taken mission trips with us. She has helped in some of our Good News Clubs and Christmas party clubs, sharing the gospel with boys and girls. But she came to know Jesus and she started coming to church as a result of that public school Good News Club. Encourage them to come to church and send school. The R stands for read your Bible and pray. We have a wonderful book. We need to read it to grow. You know that. I know that. But do more than just tell children that because if they think and read your Bible, I could never read that whole book. Help them to know where to start, how much to read. Do you recommend a brand new baby Christian start in Leviticus? (laughs) <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> How about Revelation? That's really exciting. <laughs> now, often you know, often we use the book of Mark because it's so simple and straightforward. You know, the Gospels are all great. Uh, Matthew and Luke have the genealogies, which could confuse them at the beginning. And John has the symbolism. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. So they would need some help with that. But give them a place to start and how much to read. Sometimes we use the child's age. If you're eight years old, you can read eight verses every day. Or if their Bible has paragraphs, they maybe could read a paragraph. But help them to know where to start, how much to read. Read your Bible and talk to God through prayer. So add that. It's not on the the screen. But read your Bible and pray. That goes on the R line. (laughs) You can talk to God anytime about anything because remember, He's with you all the time. O stands for obey God. When you read in God's word what you should do, you need to obey him. Do what God says. And the W is for witness or tell your friends about the Lord Jesus. You can do that by inviting them to Good News Club, by inviting them to church and Sunday school, by telling them how you chose to believe on Jesus. But encourage the children to be a witness. Child Evangelism Fellowship has a curriculum that's been just out several years called Go and Tell. It is a curriculum pack designed for Christian children to learn to share their faith with other children. And it uses those colors and symbols of the wordless book. We have gospel bookmarks that go along with it and tracks that help children learn to share their faith with others. It's excellent curriculum. I'm excited to see it get off the ground. So that's the wordless book. Gospel turnaround, gospel flipper flapper, gospel bracelet. You received one of these in your conference bags. The colors can help you to share the gospel. I have lots of these available. If any of you would like to purchase some extra, you're welcome to do so here or at our booth later on. I will tell you, I did not bring any cash, so I don't have ability to make change, but I will take checks or <laughs> exact change, or I can even send a bill to your church. That is fine. If, if these tools would be helpful to you, and if you want to purchase them, you may. Not obligated to in any way. You have lots of ideas we're going to go through together. And so... Other creative methods to share the gospel. There's lots and lots and lots of them. You can make crafts. Now, I brought along a few crafts that go along with that wordless book theme. You can have the children make gospel bracelets. This is one just using all beads with a stretchy cord. And then as they are making them, you can share the truths of the gospel with them and give an invitation when you get to that clean one. You can challenge Christian children to share their faith. Here's another gospel bracelet that was made. I know they might be hard to see from far back, so I'm going to leave them up here. You can look at them afterward. And 
gospel bookmarks. These are a couple that were made with um, plastic canvas and yarn. Ladies groups, especially some of the older ladies that want to serve, are looking for things that they can make that can be used in children's ministry, and, and something like that would be great. Feel free to take a picture afterward if you'd like. Uh, gospel pencil with those wordless book colors, the little worm on there, or a clothespin with a magnet on the back. These are just simple things children can make or others can make, and you can give them to the children. I love this one. It's a little harder to make, but it's a munchy mouth. And <laughs> we have put a candy inside, and the gospel colors are around there. Gospel necklace. Lots of creative ideas. Think through those colors and you can come up with some more ideas to help them with crafts. You can blow up balloons. Some people are really good at balloon animals. I'm not. <laughs> I've tried a few, but I'm not the best at that. But I can blow up balloons. And so I've used the colors, again, a different colored balloons, decorated our room with those and shared the gospel that way. <coughs> <coughs> Excuse me, paint faces, hands, or arms. And I've given you some patterns in your notes. I had some that were a lot more sophisticated, but I thought if any of you are like me that might be a little bit artistically challenged, you might appreciate these simple ideas <laughs> that can be used. As you paint using those colors, you can share the gospel. Kids love face painting. They love their hands painted, their arms painted. It's fun for them. It doesn't have to be professional. Use that, especially in before and after class times as you're building relationships with the children. Use a visualized verse. Can anybody look at the verse that I pictured in your notes and tell me what verse it is? <coughs> John 3.16. Yes, so you can use pictures. You can use motions. You can use music. Our summer missionaries back there probably know some motions that go with John 3.16. We're going to do them together. So I'm going to invite you all to do them with me as well. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, or only begotten son, however you want to say it, that whoever believes in him should not perish, right, should not Perish, that's how it goes. <laughs> Those young people could do it better than me. But have everlasting life. John 3, 16. Now, I, I learned it originally with different motions, but those are motions that are on some of our music videos. Again, available free. Write down Unite TV app. If you have a cell phone, you have access, or kids have cell phones, they have access to lots of memory verse song videos, gospel song videos on Unite TV or Unite Kids. They're both cell phone apps. I can show it to you afterward if you'd like, or you can find it on yours. You could also check out that cefcmi.com and enroll in the course alphabetical listing of songs. And then you'll find lots of song videos that you can use to share the gospel with children and memory verse videos like the John 3.16 one. You can present the gospel with puppets. I brought several with me. This is popcorn. He was hiding in the flowers. Popcorn <laughs> is really, really helpful for me in Good News Club or in any children's ministry because I have a lot of health issues and I can't pop up and down quite as quickly as I used to, but popcorn can. <laughs> and I tell the children that, you know, popcorn can spin around too. <laughs> I can't do that quite as easily either. I'll get dizzy and fall. But my popcorn is shy. 
He's just a puppet, and he can't choose to believe on Jesus as Savior. He can't pray like people can, but he helps to remind me of things to tell you, so he whispers in my ear sometimes, and then I can tell you what he says. So popcorn is a wonderful, fun little tool that I take with me, and you notice the colors that he's made from, so I can share the gospel with the colors using my popcorn puppet. Another puppet that we use often is our gospel fuzzy puppet. In fact, the kids in the kids program made these here. And this is a fantastic tool for preschoolers to use. Um, you can even get little gloves for the preschoolers. You can make them for the children or you can just use it and they can come up and touch them. And you talk about the truths of the gospel. There's even a song that goes with it. We're the gospel fuzzies. We're the gospel fuzzies. We're the gospel fuzzies with good news for you and me. Gold stands for God's love. Gold stands for God's love. Gold stands for God's love. He loves you and me. Then we have dark means I'm a sinner. I've done wrong things. Red means Jesus died and rose again. Clean means I'm forgiven when I trust in him. Green means I am growing to be more like him. So gospel fuzzy puppet is a fun way to share the gospel. You can do drama, mime, or gospel tricks. I didn't bring along a lot of samples of that because I knew I wouldn't have a whole lot of time. But one of my favorite that would be called a gospel trick is the gospel in grape Kool-Aid. Just have some grape Kool-Aid and you have what looks like a glass of water, but it's half bleach. So as you talk about that grape Kool-Aid that is dark, you can talk about the darkness of sin. But the way, only way to be forgiven is through Jesus, who was pure, without sin. So you hold up the clean one. And if you choose to believe in Jesus, Jesus comes inside and he takes that sin away. So you are made clean and that bleach turns that Kool-Aid clear. You have to practice it to get the right concentrations and be careful you're not doing it in a place you could spill. <laughs> I did it in our church, in front of our church, but I had, I put down a plastic tablecloth. I just didn't trust myself not to spill it. But it's a wonderful gospel trick that you can use to share the gospel with children. You can use rhymes, um, use games, puzzles. All right, a few of these I want to show you. I have this gospel cube, and of course, you recognize the colors here. So I could toss it to the children and say, wherever your left thumb lands, tell me what gospel truth that, or what we learned about the green page of our wordless book. You can also use these to learn about the children. Sometimes in our pre-session activities, I will toss it to a child. I'm going to walk over here so I can do this. And when you catch this, tell me what comes to your mind when you think about God. Love. Love. God does love you. And I like to use that question because it helps me to know where the children are at in their understanding and gives me an opportunity to reinforce truth or correct if necessary about God or just to get to know them better. I have a beach ball here that has on it our gospel verses, John 3.16 about God's love. Romans 3.23, sin. Hebrews 9.22, the blood of Jesus. John 1.12 was the invitation I ver verse that I used with this, which talks about receiving Jesus and becoming a child of God. And Hebrews 13.5 and 6, that when you believe in Jesus, he comes to live with you. He'll be your helper. And 2 Peter 3.18, for growing to be more like Jesus. So this one also, I could toss it to them wherever 
their pinky finger lands or their pointer finger lands. See if these were verses that I had taught. So see if you can tell me that verse. And if not, the whole class will help you to say it. And it might just be that way. Whatever you catch, then the whole class is going to say that verse with you. It's a great way to review any series of verses in a fun way for the children. So uh, games and puzzles. I have here a five-piece puzzle with the colors of the wordless book. I'm going to put these down on the floor. If anybody wants to come try to put this together afterward, you're welcome to do it. I asked our teenagers at Christian Youth in Action Training. Actually, I had two sets of this. It was a team competition. Oh, they thought five pieces. We're going to get this right away. And they're scrambling and scrambling. They couldn't get it. They got rectangles, but they did not get a square. These make a square. It was challenging for them. And it is for the kids. So since it takes them a long time, and usually they give up. And you ha- I don't think I've ever had anybody solve it. But anyway, it gives you plenty of time to teach the truths of the gospel. So I'm going to put this back here behind me. If you want to try it, I can even show you how it goes. And you can take a picture and make one for yourself. But puzzles are fun to use to share the gospel. Uh, let's see here. Rhymes. Talked about that briefly. Not a lot. Tracks. Bookmarks, tracks. I have some sample tracks over here, how to have a very special friend, the gospel bookmarks that we give out to the children as well to share the gospel. Share the mis- missionary's message. Oh, I already put that up there. Missionary's message. Wherever you have a missionary story, what is the message the missionary wants to share? That's the gospel. So you can share that when you're teaching a missionary lesson. Include the truths of the gospel. If you are interested at our exhibit in the convention center, we are giving away some of the Martin and Gracia Burnham stories, missionaries to the Philippines. Martin was martyred and Gracia... I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce her name, but she was held in captive for, I believe, 120 days. So we have some of those. There's 10. So it's a drawing, but you can go enter that drawing if you want to. And that will equip you with a missionary story right away that you can use to share the gospel. Scriptural songs. In your notes, I put scriptural songs because there's a lot of filler songs that we've used in church and Sunday school that don't teach the gospel. You know, even simple songs like I grew up with, Deep and wide, deep and wide. But what does it teach? (laughs) I never knew as a child. So a friend of mine wrote new words to that. It goes like this. You and me, you and me. Jesus died on the cross for you and me. Hallelujah, yes, for you and me. You and me, Jesus died on the cross for you and me. And then we have, he rose from the dead for you and me, and he's coming again for you and me. But that teaches truth. So think about the songs that you teach. We have a whole variety available from CEF, some of the old ones still, a a lot more newer ones that are upbeat, but share the gospel with children. I have some at our booth over there, too, if you're looking for particular songs. I don't have them on display. I kind of have some in the back if you're interested, but cefpress.com or any songs that you use, just evaluate them. <laughs> See what if they're teaching scriptural truth. Use that music time as a method for sharing the gospel, not just filler time. Use object lessons. Oh, my time is so short. So I'm going to show you a couple here really quickly. Probably one of my favorites. We have 
a couple of object lesson booklets that are out of print, but that's why I got permission to copy some object lessons for you, some of my favorites in your notes. I'm going to show you one that is not in your notes. This is a plain old index card. How many of you believe I could cut a hole in this index card that will fit over my head? <laughs> I have one person. <laughs> what if I tell you I can do it? <laughs> you know, it seems impossible, doesn't it? And that's that requires faith. Faith is believing what God says he will do. You can't always trust what people tell you. It seems impossible that I could do this. I'm telling you that I can. But there's a lot of things people tell you that you can't trust. You can always trust God and his word. And in his word, we learn how much God loves you. He loves you so much. He wants you to be with him in his home called heaven. But you and I have done something called sin that separates us from God. Because you and I have sinned, God sent his son Jesus, who was perfect in every way. He didn't deserve to be punished, but he willingly took the punishment for your sin and my sin when he gave his life and blood dying on the cross. He made a way that you can be forgiven, but it's nothing that you can do on your own. It's something that you have to simply believe by faith. I just asked you if you believed I could cut a hole in this that would fit over my head, and most of you didn't, but now do you think it will? I think it will. I might mess up the microphone, but it will. <laughs> and it, it's hard to believe what people say, but you can always trust what God says. God says, if you believe on him, you will be saved. Will you choose today to put your faith, that means your trust, in Jesus. Believe on the Lord Jesus and be saved. And if you want to know how that works, I have one on the chair behind me that I cut and just left there so you can see how it's cut. And if you need explanation, I'll be happy to help you with that because that one's not in your notes. I just brought a couple that aren't in your notes. This is a gift. I've used it at Christmas time, but it could be any time. It says, to Jesus from me. Christmas is Jesus's birthday. Let's see what's inside this. Oh, I have to untie the ribbon here. Ew. Ew is a filthy, dirty rag. And the Bible tells us that all of our righteousness, the good things we try to do, are like filthy rags. There's nothing that you and I can do to have our sins forgiven. That's why we need Jesus, God's perfect son. And so you share the gospel with them. And then you talk about how you can receive a gift that is so much better than anything you can wrap up and put in a box. Something that will last forever. The Lord Jesus as your savior from sin. So that's a, a very simple gospel object lesson as well that you can use. You can draw a brief object lesson. This one is in your, or draw a brief gospel lesson. This one is in your notes. And it just has here a small word, but it's a big problem. Can you read what that word says? Sin. Yes. And it's a problem that you and I have. Everyone that's born in this world is born with that problem of sin. I'm, I'm just going real fast. I'm not sharing the whole gospel here. But, uh, but because of our sin, God sent his own son, Jesus, who died on the cross to take the punishment for sin. He wants to forgive you of your sin. The Bible says, believe on the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. But he doesn't make you believe in him. He gives you the choice. What will you say to Jesus? Will you say, yes, 
today I choose to believe in Jesus? Or will you say no and be separated from God? God gives you that choice. Will you choose today to believe in Jesus as your Savior from sin? That one is in your copied in your notes that I gave you. There's lots of others there. Some of those are just, like I said, some of my favorites, but I printed them out. They are copied with permission from our headquarters, so you do not have permission to photocopy them, but you have permission to use them. And if you want to share them with others, call Child Evangelism Fellowship International Headquarters Copyrights Division. They are out of print, so usually this, these are the books they used to be in, but because they're not available for purchase, usually they give permission to photocopy them. There's a couple other resources that I wrote down for you. Evangicube, I couldn't find mine to bring and show you, but I put a picture of it on the screen. And I saw one at the Adelfo, something like the Adelco, one of the exhibits over there. I saw one on the table. And then kidsenjoyingjesus.com has a uh, just a boatload of gospel resources. They're all free, free printables. A former co-worker of mine that has a lot of health issues and, and couldn't continue doing the Ministry of Child Evangelism Fellowship started this ministry. And I put pictures of a couple of those. There's a gospel robot, and it's really, really cool. And, and he has videos of these two. That's the best part. Not only do you have the free printables and the text that goes with it, but videos that help you to know how to use it in this video's eyes move. It talks about how God made you, and, and you are better than any robot. You have eyes that move. Can you move your eyes this way? Can you move this way? <laughs> and then it has... The, the gospel included as well. And you can just move these things. And after you choose to believe in Jesus as Savior, you have value, I have purpose, I have help. So that's a tool that is available as well as the gospel cross, which is a free printable and lots, lots more. But this has God is the perfect king. He loves you. There's a verse also with everyone. Sin keeps you away from God. So God sent his son as a baby to this earth to grow up and take the punishment for your sin. He was perfect in every way. He bled and died for your sin. And he rose again. And you can believe on him today. So those are some of the tools that are available. Ask God to help you to share the gospel with children. If you need more creative ideas, you know the creator of the universe. Just ask him. That's what a friend of mine told me. I said to her one day, Sally, you are the most creative person I know. She said, I don't have an ounce of creativity in my body, but I happen to have a personal relationship with the creator of the universe. And if I need ideas, I ask him and he gives them to me. So when I need ideas, I thought, well, I can do that. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not naturally creative, but I know the creator and he gives ideas. So ask him to help you to share the gospel with boys and girls who so desperately need Jesus. One more quote from Preparing for Persecution chapter on treasuring the gospel. Charles Spurgeon said, there is something in a free grace gospel worth preaching, worth listening to, worth living for worth dying for. Have we come to see the gospel as supremely valuable? Do we see the gospel as worth living and dying for? That is the only way that we'll be able to value the gospel and have hope to withstand persecution.
God's word is powerful. I told you about Caleb, the little boy who learned the cross thing before he learned his ABCs. There's another time Caleb came running into Good News Club ahead of all the school kids. It's <laughs> and said, Miss Carrie, Miss Carrie, did you know I'm a Christian now? I've not ever been a Christian before. Not ever in my whole entire life. He's four years old. He said, but I am now. I'm a Christian now. And just when he finished his grand proclamation, the UPS man came with a package. Caleb went running right over to him and said, hey, Mr. UPS man, did you know I'm a Christian now? And I know my Bible verse from last week. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. (laughs) The UPS man said, oh, that's nice. (laughs) I was praying he'd come back the next week to hear Caleb quote, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. (laughs) Caleb was not ashamed of the gospel. And I trust that you are not ashamed either. Share it as much as you can, as often as you can with every child you meet. They're sinners in need of a savior. And you know the glorious truth of the gospel. Revel in it for yourself and share it freely. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you so much for the gift of your son. Thank you for sending him to be my savior. God, it is a tremendous gift. It's a gift that we dare not hold to ourselves. We need to share. So give us opportunities, give us creativity, give us clarity in sharing the gospel in a way that boys and girls can understand. And we'll leave the results to you, but we trust you'll draw many boys and girls into your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen.